0: listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and I'm Jason Cook your host and we're coming to you live from Hobart Tasmania and we've also got David Maxwell with us from Launceston welcome David
1: morning Jason really good to be with you this morning yeah
0: what's the weather like in Launceston
1: cold very cold three degrees when i got up this morning i think it's warmed up to a sunny warm four degrees now
0: wow we've we, I, I was uh, listening to the weather forecast or specifically asking for the weather forecast for mount wellington last night and it was uh mm-hmm. minus seven degrees and we've had a big Ouch. dumping of snow on the mountain this morning so it looks very mm. very pretty but uh it's pretty cold Anyway, mm. we're going to be continuing our uh, discussion this morning on the topic, or your series called "Amazing Love." But before mm. we do, um, let's just uh, remind our listeners that they can listen to our past episodes on the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. Uh, if you've missed anything, uh, you can go back and listen to all of David's series on Amazing Love or any of the other programs that we uh, produce from uh, Tasmania here. So. And uh, wherever you're listening from today, you can interact with us via our show number, zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. You can text us, you can ask a question, um, or you can take advantage of some of the offers or the information that we can get out to you via that number. Now, that is a text number. It's not a number you ring. You, you need to text that in from your mobile um david just before we also get onto your program do i just talk about the live the live more project uh, that's going in
1: launceston uh, starting very soon yes absolutely it starts on monday night don't miss out it's a really, really really good program a 10-week program one night a week just for one hour of that night and it's designed to boost your health and happiness when you f- we finish the program today you'll see how that fits really well with our program today
0: Awesome. Okay, well, I'm actually looking forward to joining one of the Livemore projects down in uh, Rosny here as well. So uh, I'll be able to give you more feedback on that as we go. Um, David, I think you've got a little story to start us off with this morning.
1: Yes, thanks, Jason. You remember last week I talked about flying for free, how I don't have a pilot's licence but I had a chance to fly uh, a PC nine turboprop trainer. Um, when I was in the air force, it was just it was just fabulous. When I got out of the air force, I had an opportunity to work for uh, Oki Aviation. Oh, sorry, um, Army Aviation out at Oki in Queensland. Some of you will be aware of that place. And I got to fly a Iroquois helicopter, um, something that even people with pilots' licence very rarely have done. There maybe a few. But it's the helicopter that you would have seen in the Vietnam movies, the uh, single-engined, single-prop helicopter. And I used to maintain these, so I'd work on them and do a lot of maintenance uh, while they still had them in the Army. So I got to know the pilots uh, over a period of time, and when you go for a flight, or when they go for a flight in the Iroquois, the centre of balance is such they need to have a certain weight in the front seat, so if they don't have two people they just had the test pilot they've got a strap a weight about a 60 kilo weight in that front like seat. like
0: a, a big bag of sand
1: or something <laughs> like a big bag of sand Yes. Yeah. so i was always happy to be the sandbag right. <clears throat> when they when they wanted someone to go up because i trusted my own maintenance and the maintenance of the guys i worked with so uh, i would go up and after they 'd done all the test flights uh, and all the checks, there was one check that uh, took quite a bit of time to do, and it was the low fuel level warning so it it, it would uh, a light would illuminate on the dash when the amount of fuel left in the tank would get down to about twenty minutes worth of fuel so it wasn 't dangerous but y- you had to wait until you 'd used up that much fuel so one day we 'd uh, finished all of our tests, and we still had about probably another twenty thirty minutes worth of fuel before we got to that point so we'd uh, got through the tests rather quickly and the pilot uh, said to me w- would you like to have a fly? you've flown before haven't you and I've, I've learned that when someone asks you that you always say oh yes of course <laughs> even though you might not have done very much and I've done a little bit but uh, being a maintenance fitter you know how things work you just, you know you don't have the hands on experience that a, that a trained pilot would have so what i what i did was uh he handed over i i took over and i got a chance to fly and i thought that was just fabulous i did some uh, touch and go landings uh, i did some hover landings i did a lot of things that i found um n- not so much challenging but really rewarding and he even had a point where he uh brought, got me to bring it down into a hover and then land it and then he gave me some instruction on it hmm. and it was something i found really fulfilling you know and we'll talk a little bit about full, fulfillment and restoration today but uh, it, it's it was just a fabulous experience and and uh, i feel a bit grounded since then i'll maybe next week i'll share another experience but I felt grounded that I haven't been able to have that same job satisfaction in that sense, you know, in that part of me. But uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Well, so you
0: said that it wasn't too challenging. I'm, I'm surprised about that. I've always uh, imagined that uh, flying a
1: helicopter would be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, look, you've got you've got to keep your wits about you, as, as we've said when I was younger. Um, my mum used to say that. But you've got you using both your hands, you're using both your feet. And you, you're using a lot of your senses, but for me, flying a fixed wing, uh, you only get one chance at the landing, you know, yes, and everything true. is going very quickly and you only stay in the air if you have the right speed and you've got to decrease your speed at the right time to have a nice soft landing.
2: Hmm.
1: You either overshoot if it's too fast or, or you hit the ground quite hard. With a helicopter, I find that if things are moving too fast and you're not sure, you just pull it into a hover. Yeah, just slow down. And then just come down slowly. And so for me, it was much easier. And I've been in a fixed wing as well. I'll Mm. I'll talk about the little piper I was in last, um, well, quite some years ago. Uh, Maybe I'll mention that next week.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, let's uh, get into today's topic, but uh, (coughs) let's pray first, eh?
1: Sure. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're a God who cares for us, you're a God who leads us. You're a God who feeds us and takes us where we need to go. And Lord, as we look at this topic today, we ask you to open your word and teach us more about you being the good shepherd in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Now, the, uh, the topic that we uh, um, shared with people last week that we're going to be talking about is called, He Restores Me. And I think it's verse 3 of Psalm 23. Is that right, David? Yeah. Would
1: you like to read that? Well, Maybe read the first two verses and, uh, and verse three as well. That would be great. Sure. So I'm
0: reading from the New King James here, and it says, uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And last week we studied he leads me beside the still waters, and today mm. he restores my soul.
1: Mm. That's it. Yeah, look, in the previous two weeks, as you've said, We've looked at how, how God, is as as our Good Shepherd, provides what we need, uh, how He does that through physical and spiritual rest. Last week, we looked how He leads or escorts, transports, and provides, and use some of those illustrations about what escorting means, what transporting means, and how He provides along the way. So today, we're going to dig deeper into the theme of God's amazing love in this verse, in verse 3 as King David shares how God restores us. Uh, and I think that's a very important part. You know, we continue this in-depth. Look, I hope, I hope you're beginning to see the benefit or some of the benefits of, of digging very deeply into words and into um, verses and not just reading it in a cursory way like we sometimes do. Mm. Because when we do that, we, we miss a lot of the deeper meanings, don't we, Jason? You know, um, of what really is being said in some of these verses
0: yeah that's true and and there's there's sometimes you know you can read things superficially and and get one meaning and then you can read it with you know this deeper study and have a totally new insight
1: yeah that's right and even in in Psalms one hundred and nineteen, fifteen, David says, uh, uh, "If only we'll meditate on his precepts and contemplate his word," and that's what we want to do today. But as we start, uh, I think we've got time just for a quick illustration uh, to to help maybe just kick this off. When I was in the air force many many years ago, oh, well, it feels like another life away. I I got into a fight one evening, one night uh, in Ipswich. Doesn't sound like Brisbane. you, David. <laughs> No, no, I'm a different person now. I think, <laughs> but I got into a fight and uh, got my cheekbone quite badly broken, and I, I, it was it was very very serious. It uh, cracked my left cheekbone right down my face, and I had to. Well, I certainly recognised that's not something I could fix myself, and I had to go to hospital and get it repaired. Um, it was never the same. It's never been quite the same as it was before, but. It's fixed. It's fixed.
0: Mm. Okay. So um, you've sort of come right, but uh, never quite the same, but you're sort of okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, God is in the process of restoring my body, but there's more of me that God has restored along the way. I'm, I'm not glad it happened, but I'm glad that God used that experience to change some things in my life. Yeah,
0: so... Um, we need to go to a break, but uh, maybe after mm. the break we can delve into that a little bit more as to how you've changed and uh, and what this, um, I guess, this restoring or this, um, yeah, not just the physical healing. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks. Well, let's uh, listen to this song. It's called I'm in Good Hands by Mark Bishop.
2: I'm not really alone When I feel dismayed He says don't be afraid When the world around me changes Like the shifting sands His word still stands I'm in good hands When the nights are long He sees me through When it hurts, he says, I've been there, too. I like to think that I don't worry, but I sometimes do. Though he never fails to see me through. I know I'm in good. blind and they could see He made the
0: are listening to Faith FM and this is Tassie Encounters coming to you from Hobart. So we've been speaking with David Maxwell from Launceston on the topic of God's amazing love and for a number of weeks we've been studying Psalm 23. Now before the break uh, David shared a story about how he had an injury and it was repaired but not fully quite the same as it was before. And uh, but he said that uh, there was some more to that uh, in the in the process of physical healing. There were some other things that uh, he wanted to share as well. So, let's keep going with that discussion,
1: David. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, look, we're looking at this Psalms 23 in this first part of verse three. He restores my soul. The he, of course, is is God, our good shepherd. And from the Hebrew, when you look at Psalms 23, it literally reads, "My being, life." person, desire, appetite, emotion and passions, that's what soul means, he brings back or restores. So, so let's just take it a step at a time as we look through this verse. There's only a few words there, but they're filled with meaning. Mm. Firstly, in the English, it says, he restores my soul. So what's this soul, he restores, I, I've just given you a little bit of insight when I explain fully the meaning of the word. The Hebrew word for soul here is nepesh in the Hebrew, meaning um, being, life, person, desire, appetite, emotion, and passion, which we'd say is our whole person, our whole person. You know, it's not speaking about some ghostly form that floats around after death. It's the whole living, breathing essence of us that comes into existence the moment we're conceived or born, And it ceases when we die. Um, I'd like to read a couple of verses in the Bible that help explain this. This is not just my thinking. In Genesis 2 and verse 7 it says, And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul or a living being, depending on the version that you have. So the formula here is the dust plus the breath equals life, a soul, a person. Mm. You take away either of those, either you take away the dust or you take away the breath, that's the spiritual life from God, you have death. The person itself, the person ourselves, no longer exists. Um, To illustrate that really well, uh, I I, I think about a light bulb. Um, You know, We know that there's electricity that connects to the light bulb and there's no light until you turn the switch on. And when you turn the switch on, you get light. And when you turn the switch off, where does the light go? it doesn 't go back to the electricity company; it just stops. stops it just it goes away yep. and and I see that as very much like what our life in is like, uh, like the whole person or the soul <clears throat> in Ecclesiastes Solomon, King Solomon, who was one of the wisest men who ever lived, the Bible calls him uh, in chapter twelve and verse seven. it says the dust, then the dust will return to the earth where it was, and the spirit will return to God, who gave it so you see a reversal of what happened in creation. Hmm. And and some people will think, all right, that's fine, but the the knowledge we have, the consciousness, goes somewhere else. But you just go back a couple of chapters in chapter 9 of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says for the living, this is in Ecclesiastes 9.5, for the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. Hmm. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. And then further down it says, live joyfully. Live joyfully in what you're doing. Um, whatever your hand finds to do in verse 10, do it with all your might for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going.
0: So when you're gone, there's there's no consciousness. There, there's uh, It's just the lights are out.
1: That's it. That's yeah. it. Uh, that's a really good analogy. Mm. The lights out. We say lights out when someone you know gets knocked out in a ring in, in a fight uh, like I, I almost had and that's the end of it that everything yeah. is silent and there's this supposed ghostly conscious part of us that some people speak about isn't mentioned in the bible mm. instead that's actually an invention of platonic thought from around about 430 bc and and this was developed actually from way way before that uh, way back in the garden of eden satan originally said when he told our first parents you will not die and god said don't eat you'll die Satan comes along and he says, no, you can eat. You're not going to die. Don't worry about it. Mm. The idea of this soul being the whole person was actually well conveyed in many circles um, because the idea idea of the soul being the whole person was what you'll remember uh, was conveyed in many circles when a ship sunk, for example. And the report came back that the ship was lost with all souls you know the soul meaning the whole person everybody on board perished yeah
0: and you know we we refer to you know our poor soul you know when uh somebody dies or you know um whatever so we we frequently have this connection with the person being the soul
1: yeah that's right absolutely absolutely You know, God's very clear in Ezekiel 18.4, he says the soul or the whole person that sins will die. Mm. So even if we did have some separate spiritual part of us that some people suggest, the Bible's saying that if we sin, even that part of us will die. It won't go on existing in another form. Um, It also says that all souls or living persons belong to God. He creates us. He created um, each one of us and gave us life. Now, if we don't want that life, if we don't want the life that God gives us, he, he reluctantly takes it back. It says he doesn't want anyone to die, but he'll honour our choice. And I think that's the great thing about the love of God. He doesn't force us. Yeah. But if we want to have that continued life or eternal life, we've got to stay connected to the one who switches us on, You know, like the bulb. We've got to stay connected to God who gives us that life. Um, show our willing obedience. that so we desire to have what he offers, and then along the way he infuses or transforms us to make us more like him. Um, one day he's going to take away this, this shell, this sinful person, who we are, and he's going to give us an eternal body. But Paul says we don't currently have that. We don't have immortality. Only God has immortality. Hmm. So till then, till he comes, till he gives us that immortal body... You know we're mortal and we die, and when we when we when we die, it's just like turning out those lights. We yeah. cease to exist for a time, for yeah. a time. So until that, God comes back and turns on the lights again, if you like.
0: Yeah, that that would be challenging for many who have grown up, I guess, with the belief that um, the soul is immortal, that it. it uh, it never dies, you know, and, and when we die, when our body dies, our soul goes to a, another place and, you know, it's conscious of what have you. Um, that This is yeah. this is different to what many people have grown up
1: with. Yeah, and it was for me as well. It was really confronting to come to a point where what I'd been taught, what I thought I knew about what happens when you die, turned out to be different from what the Bible taught. And, you know, some of these these verses that I've read are just so clear. And as I read them, you know, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no more reward. The memory of them's forgotten. Their love, their hatred, their envies all perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. I even saw in that there was no coming back and haunting houses. There was no coming back and doing things with the living. Mm. And for me, it was a challenge. It was like. what's going on what really happens and this is a question so many people have asked um, and it it is something we need an answer to Uh, but, but it's not all there is you know, don't go yet. There's so much more to share about this, and we're talking about God's amazing love. And God's amazing love wouldn't be so amazing <laughs> if He just left it at this three score and ten, or for whatever time we have here.
0: Oh, of course, because that that uh, you know would would be consistent with, I guess, uh, somebody who doesn't believe in God at all. In that, when you die, you're gone. Full stop. There's there's nothing yeah. more after that. Whereas. Of course, we believe that there is something after death. It's just uh, not perhaps in the traditional way that people think in terms of the soul being instantly uh, transported to another place or what have you. Um, Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, let's go to a break. And uh, this song is titled Lord, I Need You. It's sort of like a modern hymn. Um, I think originally uh, written and uh, sung by Matt Maher, but this version is by Sam Cox. It's a beautiful song, Lord, I Need You.
3: Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my Lord, I need you, oh sin runs deep. Your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are.
4: Where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me.
0: Welcome back, we've been talking with Pastor David Maxwell about God's amazing love found in Psalm 23 and in particular um, we've been talking about how the body and soul are really one, they're not two separate things that the soul goes on immortally but the body and the soul are connected. Um, But before we get back into the study, uh, I want to just tell you a little bit about our offer today and we'll give you a bit more detail later. Remember, you can text us in, write this number down now. The book that we are giving away today is called Secrets Beyond the Grave, and it's very relevant to the topic that we're talking about here, you know, what basically happens when we die. And uh, this book talks about this in a lot more detail, and you can text us in on 0488 Now, David will give us a bit more information a little bit later, and we'll give you the code to text in also uh, in the next uh, section after the next break so uh, david let's continue our discussion with uh, what happens when we die.
1: yeah, yeah, look, I hear what you're saying um, jason when when we have this single part of us, what we touched on before the the break was that this can be quite confronting, and if we don't know what happens when we die, uh, it can look pretty bleak uh, if we think that everything you know it just ends when mm. we die. Well, you know, everything that's wrapped up in this word soul used here in Psalms or translated as soul here in Psalms are the physical, tangible and spiritual things that we all have that make up who we are. And in the Hebrew meaning of the word, it's inferred that this is our being, our life and our desires, our being or self or person that makes up who we are or uh, which makes us different from others we would call that perhaps our personality our life that is what separates us from those in the grave so we're alive we live we uh, you know move all those things that's our life so our being and our life and then there's our desires appetites emotions passions our spiritual connection with god those things that make us human and different from the animals, this is what our soul is. It's all the things that make us human. It's it enables us to be able to communicate with God, and unfortunately, it's also the way that we are attacked to not follow God, or or our connection is attempted to be broken from God. When I mean, Satan attacks us, mm. you know, we if we if we choose to believe that life here was simply an accident, and uh, you know, we, we it was just perchance that we came to being. It actually denigrates who we are, denigrates our being, because the Bible says God made us in His image. So if God made us in His image, you know, we, we are, uh, have an amazing design. Mm. If we just happened, then what's the purpose for us being here? Yeah. You know, evolutionary thinking attacks this source of life, and it removes the need for a God who gives us life. You know, but the Bible says that God is the source of life, and He created. So, you know, if you don't believe that God is the source of life, then <clears throat> where's where's our purpose? Where's our um, direction? Where you know, we don't need to be connected with God because He's not our source of life. But the Bible says He is. Yeah, and I, and I guess evolution. Yeah, go on. Sorry,
0: I was just going to say, you know, this this concept of um, you know. This, I guess, difference in concept here, where we've got this being created in the image of God, which gives us something special. You know, there's there's something special if we've been created specifically in the image of God, and I guess that's a huge discussion what that really means. But but you know, we've been talking about this on some of the other programs. You know what what it really means. What um, we've been talking with um, Peter Watts about. You know, mm. does my life matter? And and I th- I just have mm. this concept that if we go along the evolutionary path, our life is either just here for the taking, just live it mm. up, and once it's gone, it's gone. Or what's even the point of living? Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's two yeah, conclusions absolutely. that I can come to. What's even the point of living, apart from yeah. being a step in the evolutionary chain?
1: Um, there's yeah. there's no point. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Jason. You know, there was a time when I really didn't have any direction in life, and I remember being outside one day, and and I looked up one evening actually, and I looked up to the to the stars, and it was a it was a cloudless night. There was no moon, but there were stars all around the sky. You know, I couldn't count how many there were, and I remember looking up and thinking, boy, there's got to be more than what we have right here. Mm. And, you know, we know now that there are millions of galaxies similar to ours. Um, some have suggested suggested billions. Um, I don't know how you count that many, but they just say there are so many. The further they look, the more they see. And when I see that God's the one that was the source of our life and is the source of our life, I have purpose there. Mm. I have meaning, you know. When I go down the evolutionary track in my reasoning... It only gives very base reasons for our desires, our appetites, our emotions and passions. I mean, where does where does our um, emotions for other people come from if we are a uh, live for me, uh, look after myself, do the best for me and survive as strong as I can? You know, survival of the fittest. That, there's, that- there's no... Emotion for someone else. There's no mercy or passion for someone else.
0: I've got a specific example of that um, that came up in the news just in the last couple of weeks, where um, Richard Dawkins, who's I guess one of the you know very famous atheists of. of uh, the world and currently living, and um, he made a statement which I know this is just one person, and I'm sure there are many atheists who don't have hold this perspective. But he made this Ooh. statement that basically says that well, you know, people uh, or babies or fetuses who have been determined to have Down syndrome just should Ooh. all be terminated because we'd be better Ooh. off as a society if we didn't, you know, have to deal with, you know people with down syndromes and it's such a sad it's such a sad perspective you know because there are people yeah. with down syndrome who bring so much love and joy into our world
1: and and just the fact that you uh, raise someone with challenges changes who you are i've seen people mm. who have had challenge after chal- challenge in their life and those challenges make this beautiful person yeah it, it makes somebody who who really has uh, compassion for other people. Mm. So, and yeah, we need we need those people
0: in our yeah. society. You know what? Yeah. What a society would be be if we didn't have compassion towards one another?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the the Bible goes on and explains how we're made in God's image, as I mentioned, and and this gives us a much higher. And holier purpose, God wants to live with us and through us through a connection of Je- with Jesus. Second mm. um, Corinthians five, we don't, don't have time to read it all, but it talks about the righteousness of God in Him. So as we connect with God through Jesus through the Holy Spirit, we actually draw closer to that image that God wants us to be. Mm. When we live without that reference to God, we generally become selfish in our desires, our emotions, our passions. We, we end up with an attitude of, if you want it, take it, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. buy now, pay later, and we do. We pay later in many ways. Mm. You know, we, we struggle to control our appetite, we overindulge, we eat more, we dull our minds, we waste our money, and we spread our wastes. Mm. <laughs> and it brings us to an early grave, yeah. depriving us of the very life that God has loaned us mm. you know? God is um, a loving and kind and patient God among many many other things so living apart from God having no accountability to a higher power and I think sometimes Jason that's that's what it's all about i don't want to have accountability to a higher power we see all this resistance to authority today in every avenue in homes in churches in schools in society as a general and we tend to live for ourselves, and this changes our personality it changes our being our person our soul
0: yeah so it it changes our behavior It changes our thinking it changes everything about us you know i guess the the fundamental basis of which we believe we are here changes who we are and and yeah how we act Mm -hmm.
1: that's right that's right and it seems to be the inference here in psalms 23 you know david is talking about my whole being he restores
0: yeah yeah awesome um David, just before we go to the break, um, this book, Secrets Beyond the Grave, just uh, Mm. tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, well, this book by uh, Dwight Hall talks about, well, one of the, the, the reports on it says that today the confusion surrounding the afterlife is more widespread than ever causing heartache for millions who've lost loved ones. And it's so true. You know, we've been discussing that a little bit already today. And this Secrets Beyond the Grave by Dwight. Uh, gives us many answers to those questions so I think it's a brilliant book and uh, you know text in the number
0: 0488 write that down yes. and immediately after the break we'll give you the code not, not long now <laughs> um, this beautiful song called Blessings by Laura Story I, I love this song because It talks about life. It really talks about how life is for most of us, you know. Life is not just easy sailing for most of us. We have challenges, we have ups and downs, and sometimes we wonder why life is hard, but uh, it, it really talks about the fact that, well... There's there's a purpose even in some of our trials here, and uh, and there's also more beyond, more beyond this life that uh, we look forward to. So, um, I hope you enjoy this song, but particularly listen to the words. I, I think it's beautiful. Blessings by Laura Story.
5: We pray for wisdom your voice to hear, and we cry in anger when we can. No storms the hardest nights all your mercies in disguise
0: Did you think of that song if you liked it? Why don't text us in on that number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one I think it's a beautiful song. What do you think, David?
1: Hmm, I think the words are just fabulous, you yeah, know.
0: so uh I promised our listeners. The code for our book today Secrets Beyond the Grave by Dwight Hall and the code is Amazing Three. That's the number three and the word Amazing before that, just Amazing Three No Spaces. If you text us in to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, we will get you that book as soon as we can. Amazing three, the number three. Zero four double eight 0488-888-0891. So before the break, David, we were talking about how if we don't have this connection with God, if we don't have an understanding of God or if we, if we uh, have a different um, framework of understanding life that maybe we're not actually living life to the full because well, you and I believe that we were actually created in God's image and uh, he's actually created us to actually have life to the full. So, and this verse that talks about restores my soul, he restores my soul, and we've been talking about death and life after death and what have you, I'm, I'm interested to know more about what that looks like. How does God ultimately restore our soul or our whole being?
1: Hmm. Thanks, Jason. I'm glad you asked. Because this word translated restores in the Hebrew is shwab it 's hard to say it's a it sounds like a bunch bunch of uh, non non vowels but
0: there's no there's no vowels in it yeah
1: it doesn't seem to be no i I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly, but it means to turn back or return and so when i 'm not sure about a word, I often go to another place in the Bible that uses the word in another context that helps me to understand it better,
0: yeah. and I
1: can do that by going to first kings eight forty seven now what 's happening in 1 kings eight forty seven is Solomon is dedicating the temple, and as he 's doing it he 's saying that look when when we go away sometime when we get uh, taken away because we abandon God, so he leaves us on our own, and then we come to our our senses uh, it says we return to a kind of heart condition that we had before. It says, uh, yet when they come to themselves or return to that heart condition we had before, in the land where they were carried captive, and repent, the same word here as, uh, as restore or turn back, and, and repent, and make supplication to you in the land where, where we were taken cap- captive, when they return with all their heart. So it's, it's talking about this change in direction. Um, It's talking about also in Ezekiel 18.21 uses the same sense, if you like, for the word repent. It means if you turn back to your former state of union or communion with God, um, then, then this is the sense where God restores or returns our soul, our person, our whole being to what it was before. And this is his desire for us, not just to repair the damage, but to completely reverse it completely reverse it
0: yeah so not just not just patching it up but uh, really um, recreating it as as perfect you know as it was like, in the beginning
1: yeah I like your wording there recreate it's not just a band-aid you know yeah. it's not just fixing the problem it's really getting to the cause yeah. So not knowing when David wrote this psalm, it is clear when we understand the meaning of the word restore that David uses here that he has in mind um, a restoration to a former state of unity with God. And what I come back to the thinking of, of Adam and Eve before they sinned, you know. He restores my soul. Every time I come back to God, after we've sinned, if we make mistakes and do things that are wrong, he restores my whole person. He restores me to a state of perfection as just as if I had never sinned. And when you think of that, um, when you think of this, there's a big word that explains that called justification. Um, he, it means he lifts my spirit, he soothes my mind, he energizes my body, he returns me to that perfect state that he wanted me to be in before I sinned. Um, have you ever done a, a car restoration, Jason? I
0: have. I'm, I'm actually glad you asked that question. I've done two, actually. My my very first car was an EJ Holden, 1963. I bought it for $200 <laughs> when I was 14 years old. And uh, I actually, you know, stripped it all back and, yeah, did a restore. And then I also did a little Austin Healey Sprite with my father. Uh, we We restored that one together as well. But yeah, my EJ was my first car and it took me about two years and I sold lots of things to pay for it. But it was a really good learning experience.
1: That's great. That's great. Um, I wish I had such a great story. <laughs> I, I tried to restore a car once. Um, I bought a an old V-Dog Beetle and it had the the Carrera kit on it so it had the whale tail and had the big fat mud guards, and I thought, thought it looked great. I went and saw it at night time. Uh, that was the only chance I had, uh, and I should have probably taken a a warning from that because the whole floor was rusted out. When I took it to get a roadworthy, I, I upgraded the hydraulics and I, you know, repaired the brakes and a whole bunch of things on it. And then I took it in to get a roadworthy, and the guy said, "I wouldn't even drive this home." Oh, says, oh dear! So it, you're going to fall through the floor. <laughs> so you know that's not very attractive. Mm. <laughs> Half a restoration. Yeah,
0: that's not a very good restoration. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. You know, when I returned to Jesus after walking away for some time, God transformed my life when I came back. Yeah, There's still parts of the form of me shining through, you know, that person who I was. But God promised us not just to refresh, but give us a complete restoration of our mind, body, and spirit if we'll let him. You know, Satan works hard to destroy every part of us that resembles the Creator. But when we return to Jesus as our Creator God, He restores our being. He restores the person, our self, our psyche, if you like. Mm. You know, He gives us a clearer understanding of where we came from, who made us, what He did for us because of His great love. You know, this gives us meaning and purpose, restores our self-worth elevates us above this mere earthly existence. It gives us something to hope for in the future, Jason, you know. God wants to be with us. He's a relational God and he's restoring us to his image. He yeah. restores our life. Yeah. You know, he the, this is the power that keeps us living. You know, this is the one part of it the pe- part of us that people then struggle with because we die. And when we turn back to him, he promises to give us new life. What's that going to look like beyond the grave? It's not going to happen until he returns. We'll rest. Maybe another time we'll look at a bit more. But we'll rest in the grave. But we can have the hope right now, not just sometime in the future, but we can have that hope right now that he wants better for us. And this life that he's going to give us will be nothing like we can imagine. Yeah. Um, I remember a verse in the Bible that talks about we're going to have a body like his glorious body. And that was quite different, you know. The disciples saw Jesus. They saw, they touched, they, after, they could after talk. After he was resurrected. After he was resurrected, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, you know, I, I understand that some people might struggle with the idea of what are we going to be like after we're resurrected, but yeah. he restores everything.
0: Yeah.
1: And at that point... When sin is done away with and he comes and transforms us, he restores the lot. You know, he restores our desires, our appetites, emotions, passions, and even our physical being. Mm. He's going to restore it. You know, as we allow God to dwell within us through the Holy Spirit, he transforms our minds to appreciate the things of God rather than the things of the world. And um, you know we have an active part in this restoration because I would suggest that's why the word Schwab is used—repent or turn back. Because it's only God can only do this within us if we come, if we return. He won't force, but He desires us to come um, of our own free will. And I think firstly we have to sense the need. You know, when my cheekbone bone was broken, I sense the very urgent need. For someone who knew what they were doing to be able to fix it, because I couldn't do it myself.
0: Absolutely. And
1: when we sense that brokenness in sin and our distance from God, we also sense our need for someone who is able, a professional, <laughs> who is able to do it, who is able to fix us up. We come back to God of our own free will. My whole person, he brings back and restores yeah. to who he wants me to be reflecting god's image once more and that's how i see this verse because the lord's my good shepherd he restores me and my whole person completely back to the way he wants me to be
0: well i'm certainly looking forward to that uh in the future you know Ooh. we've we've all um had our challenges in life and uh, i've had some health challenges and you've had some uh, challenges as well and <laughs> It'll be mm. good uh, one day to be recreated, you know, without those, um, I guess, earthly flaws that we <laughs> that we carry yeah. with us. I'd just like sure. to say, uh, David, that we've had some uh, quite a few people um, message in to get the book. Good. Um, good. I'd like to thank Tina for her uh, feedback on our music. She says she's really enjoying the music choices so, and she's feeling mm. blessed, so... We uh, really do hope that you have a blessed day, Tina, and uh, thanks for interacting with us. Uh, we appreciate it. Now, David, just as we finish off today, I'll just remind our listeners of the free offer again. If you haven't uh, got that already, it's uh, AMAZING3 is the code, AMAZING3. Text it in to 488 if you've got any other questions or feedback, I know this topic is uh, an interesting one, and uh, many people, um, you know, have probably grown up with different perspectives on on this. So uh, we're, we're more than happy to interact with you and answer any questions that you might have. So, uh, David, next week we're going on. What's the topic next week?
1: Which path? Which path? We're going to dig more into the remainder of this verse, verse three and where it is that God wants to lead us
0: Awesome, I'll be uh, looking forward to that as well and uh, this week you're up in Scottsdale I believe
1: Yeah, we're going to look more at this topic we've looked at today Uh, so if you'd like to hear a bit more join me at Scottsdale Seventh Adventist Church 23 Erinus Street in Scottsdale from about 10 o'clock
0: Yeah, great Um, So on Monday I will be joining you again with David Leo And uh, he's been uh, presenting uh, a number of studies on the book of John, and we're up to chapter 4, I believe, or it might be 5, I can't remember, but we are talking about the man at the pool. Last week we did... The Woman at the Well and this week it's The Man at the Pool. So join us on Mm -hmm. Monday at 9 o'clock or if you're in Tassie listening you can catch us at 4.30 as well. Um, To all our listeners we just really hope that you have a fantastic day and uh, wherever you are, wherever you're listening and you might even be listening um, after the event uh, on the app or the website but we just uh, pray that God is with you today.
1: Thanks for having me.
4: Flow like a river, fall like the rain. Streams of compassion flow from his throne, wide as the ocean, deep as the sea. Life giving fountain is God's love for me. Flow like a river, fall like the rain. Streams of compassion flow from.